Good morning, supers, and welcome to the Entrepreneurs for November 8th, 2021. Uh, I have about, I think, about 10 stories for us to go through today. I actually had so many stories, I pushed some of them off to tomorrow. Um, that's just one of the downsides of not recording this on Fridays like I uh, was, but my I've been battling a bit of a cold, um, sore throat thing. I don't know. And uh, so I, I don't I don't want to I don't even want to kill my voice before I had to go record Shark Tank episodes uh, on Friday night at like, you know, nine o'clock at night. So anyway, let's get into the news. Some investors have not received Evergrande units bond interest due November 6th, uh, says sources. This was uh, on Sunday, late Sunday night. Uh, Evergrande, some holders uh, of offshore bonds issued and by a unit of developer China Evergrande Group had not received interest payments, excuse me, due on November 6th by Monday evening in Asia. Uh, two people familiar with the matter said Scenery Journey LTD was due to make semi-annual uh, coupon payments on Saturday worth a combined $82.49 million on its 13% November 2022 and 13.75% November 23 U.S. dollar bonds. Uh, non-payment of interest by November 6th would have kicked off a 30-day grace period for payment. Twice in October, uh, Evergrande narrowly adverted cat- uh, catastrophic defaults of on its $19 billion worth of bonds in international capital markets by paying coupons uh, just before the uh, expiration of those grace periods. Uh, one such period expires on November, uh, yeah, Wednesday, November 10th for more than $148 million in coupon payments that have been due on October 11th. Evergrande is also due to make coupon payments totaling more than uh, $255 million on its June 2023 and 2025 bonds on December 28th. A spokesperson of Evergrande did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The sources uh, could not be named as they were not authorized to speak to the media. Reuters was unable to determine uh, whether Evergrande has two bondholders, uh, what it planned to do regarding the the coupon payment due on Saturday. Uh, And Evergrande shares edged lower on Monday, finishing the day uh, 0.9 down 0.9%. Uh, they have fallen nearly 85% this year. So yeah, uh, looks like they are back on the hot seat again. Uh, and hopefully they, with their 30 day grace period, they will be able to, uh, make something happen so that they do not wind up defaulting, uh, on those bonds. So, uh, thank goodness for those, uh, those grace periods, uh, being in place. But, uh, if, if the news is to be believed, uh, that they are now, um, uh, making those, uh, uh, delivering on those units that they've, they've made, um, or at least starting to, 
then they'll uh they'll be it'll be positive it'll be a positive move uh again uh as some people in the comments let me point out uh look this is not about pro china this is about pro people and the ripple effect that will come if uh if if this does not get resolved uh to in some way shape or form so i don't want to see that happen uh and and have everybody literally around the world this will will affect everybody if they default uh so let's let's hope for the best and uh and we'll continue to track it here on the entrepreneurs uh let's see Over the weekend, Elon Musk faces a uh, $15 billion tax bill, which is likely the real reason he's selling stock. Elon uh, faces a tax bill more than $15 billion. Uh, Musk asked his 62.7 million Twitter followers over the weekend whether he should sell 10% of his Tesla holdings. The looming tax bill uh, makes a sale of Tesla stock this year, likely regardless of the outcome of the Twitter vote. So, uh, and it looks like Tesla is down 3.77%. That is not great. Um, unless you're trying to buy it, unless you're looking for a buying opportunity. Oh, I didn't mean to click on that. Uh, let's see. Much is made lately of unrealized gains being uh, a means of tax avoidance. So I propose selling 10% of my Tesla stock. Do you support it? He had 3.5, almost, uh, like, yeah, 3.5 million votes. And 57.9% supported it, uh, and 42.1% said no. Likely, uh, people who own Tesla stock uh, who don't want it to potentially go down by releasing more into the market. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm of the opinion that it's great that uh, he is going. Like, I, you know, they all they all need to pay taxes uh and and being able to just keep you know uh passing the you know passing the buck down the road uh is is not good for anybody and and um you know i guess to me i i just see the 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 poll is kind of like a stunt uh it's a marketing stunt right and you guys and girls and ladies and gentlemen uh and everybody else in between uh can learn something about you know the idea that Look, he puts out a tweet and it gets headlines, right? He doesn't have to pay. That's why Tesla doesn't have a marketing department because he literally makes it, um, you know, makes it a thing every time he he tweets, uh, so that people are jumping on the bandwagon and want to know what he's talking about and uh, what's going on. So, which is good and bad, right? Like he he definitely plays. It's definitely a dicey way uh, to run your business, but. Uh, I, I, there's definitely something to, to be admired about the, um, fast and looseness, uh, that Elon brings to the table. Let's see. So there could be a seismic shift in the labor market. Uh, seismic shift in the labor market, and here's why. So this is a, a pretty lengthy article, uh, but I'll just read a, a few clips here about the the fact that we didn't get to talk about the job uh, the job market 
uh, back on Friday. America's job market is showing signs of strength. Welcome news after a choppy summer. Uh, what's happening is the U.S. economy added 531,000 jobs in October, according to government data released Friday. That's stronger than in August and September, though gains for both months have been revised higher. Uh, still, economists are increasingly starting to wonder, uh, as shortfalls of workers persist, has the labor market changed for good? If the answer is yes, the ramification for policymakers could be huge, breaking it down. So businesses are still struggling to attract and retain enough staff to keep up with the explosion of demand. We've been tracking that here on the Entrepreneurs uh Week in and week out, employers had hoped that improved access to childcare and reduced COVID-19 fears uh, would boost the number of people looking for work this fall. Instead, the number of people actively searching for jobs was flat in September and October, according to Indeed, which recently polled 5,000 people in the United States. Uh, churn also remains an issue in August, the most recent month for which data is available. A record 4.5, uh, 4.3 million workers quit their jobs, uh, which we talked about here on the Entrepreneurs. So um, I'll link the the article below. But uh, you know, I, I I I'm happy to see that there, there's uh, that many jobs have been added. Now that doesn't necessarily doesn't mean that people have actually uh, say taken those jobs and I'm not um, I'm not sure what the average would be for October leading up to uh, November and December with the holiday workers and and you know we talked about uh, on Thursday UPS doing its brown day um, brown day hiring blitz right and and we have you know Walmart and Target and Best Buy and Amazon and all of them and and even uh, uh, Starbucks like they're all out there trying to get people and and I'm of the the camp of uh, you know I don't know that it's a it's a reduction of people who want to work I think that it's a reduction of people who want to work for wages that don't work for them um, and that it's going to be a little while before that can kind of you know take shape. In the in the in the in the way of having a younger workforce come into uh, into the market, right? So over the next like year to two years, you'll have you know fourteen, fifteen years old, fifteen year olds that'll be you know 50, become sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds that will be looking for those uh, those starter starter wage jobs, and I think that um, it's so it, it could be a while before that you know really starts to have a ripple effect on uh, on the job situation. Um, so it, it might, you know, that part of it, uh, while inflation, I'm I'm hopeful will, is is more of like a year, you know, six months to a year thing. Uh, the the job market itself uh, will continue to to have probably have trouble until they can fill people in with those lower paying jobs. And that's why we need a younger, you know, basically the the, the uh, what was it? Somebody, somebody in one of the videos. I'll link the video uh, up here. Uh, said that uh, you know it's not it's not a uh, it's not a entry level or it's not a 
uh, wage problem or worker shortage. It's a slave wage shortage uh, in the sense that they want people to work for basically minimum wage, but they can't get that right now. And basically, we just have to wait it out for people uh, who are willing to take that, which would be the younger the younger people in those entry level jobs. So we'll continue to follow this. So you're on the entrepreneurs uh, for <laughs> for weeks and possibly months to come. Restaurants face new challenge, a shortage of takeout containers and coffee cups. Uh, Snarls in the global supply chain are making it more difficult for restaurants to find enough straws, iced coffee cups, and takeout containers. Manufacturers are paying more for materials, while delays of ports and labor challenges are slowing down their ability to deliver the product to to customers. Off-premise restaurant orders uh, were up 20% in September compared to the same time two years ago, according to the NPD group. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, it is, unfortunately, it's more of the same. Uh, now, one thing I noticed, uh, I guess they, I didn't know that they had passed this here uh, in Jersey, but they, uh, now it, you have to ask for a straw in Jersey. You no longer get a straw when you order a drink. They, you have to specifically ask for it to, uh, I guess pr- the idea behind it is to reduce waste, uh, which I, which I get. Um, but, I don't know if the default should be no, <laughs> especially when you order something that's like a frozen drink. Uh, having no straw to go with it is not ideal, at least in a transitory uh, way while we get people used to like maybe getting their own straws. I did a video uh, on a, uh, a reusable metal straw. Uh, that was on Shark Tank, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember to link that over here. And uh, it's, you know, so it it's... We're getting there. We're going to get there as far as like straws not being a thing. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of situations that it doesn't make. Like, would you give somebody a milkshake and then not give them a straw unless they ask for it? And in the case of a drive through, you're already driven away by the time you realize, oh, I need to ask for that straw. So I, I don't, again, I, I get it for, for soft drinks and water and uh, stuff like that, but uh, doesn't quite necessarily fit the bill for, for everything. So uh, with that said, there, there is that, um, you know, cups and, and straws. And I've seen this uh, with, some of the places that we order, you know, takeout from uh, having to all of a sudden they have different takeout boxes and stuff, probably because that's what they can get, not because they they necessarily want that uh, different container. So it, they're all, you know, everybody is is uh, you know dealing with the uh, that the the shortage of stuff, and and I mean we'll likely continue to see different things run through phases where they just can't get. Uh, the things that they need to to operate business. So hang hang in there, and uh, we'll continue to follow it. Where are we at here? Oh, uh, oh, where's this? oh? This is oh, it was a video, huh? Okay, so apparently. Apparently, FedEx uh, is, sees a labor shortage as UPS sees growth. Uh, and so I know UPS, we talked about this before here on the Entrepreneurs, that they, uh, they have their brown day. I think it was this, it was this past Friday or this past weekend, um, which was, you know, was a, a big blitz to get people to come out and, uh, 
and and work or uh, you know apply and, and and get a job for the holiday season and apparently fedex is having trouble now if you don't know fedex and ups to my knowledge at least maybe i'm i'm mis um i'm not 100 percent certain but i'm pr- well depending on which positions fedex is looking for they uh i believe they're like contractors whereas ups you're an actual uh employee of ups and that is uh, a very different dynamic um, for people uh, who are trying to. Oh, uh, it was, it was, oh Caleb, Caleb says, uh, I, oh, which FedEx? I assume ground. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's ground or if it's. Uh, it, it just, I don't, I'm not 100% sure here. Um, yeah, it, it was, a, it was my bad. I, I, this is a whole video here. Uh, FedEx tackles labor shortage. So you know, basically, they're they're trying to figure out, I guess, where the people are going to come from. While competitor UPS says it's competitive wages and unionized workforce are paying off. So you know, uh, so long story short, uh, having benefits to working for your company over some other company, especially one that contracts out those uh, those those routes and things, is uh, is makes it a lot more difficult. Especially because if the difference between you know being a contractor like i could go and drive uber i could go and do you know food delivery or something to that effect at that point which uh makes yeah oh uh caleb says they contract they contract all of their drivers and yeah there are a ton of unions that regulate the contract space uh they've been uh having issues for years and especially this year they've been treating all their employees like actual poop uh, that's censored for for everybody. So, no, I, I appreciate it, Caleb. And uh, it's yeah. So it, it's I think it the, at the end of the day, it goes to show you that um, having great benefits packages, you know, and uh, stability for the people that you're trying to hire really goes a long way in making in assure, ensuring that people are going to a work for you, stay working for you. Uh, and when it comes down to do I go here or there, you you have that upper hand um, by offering those packages. I mean, we saw it with Target, right? Offering, hey, we're gonna give up, uh, you, you know, we're gonna pay for your schooling and stuff like that. Now, I talked about that in a video, I don't know, a couple months ago, where as small business owners, you know, you can get I think it's fifty four hundred dollars as a write off for paying for uh, schooling supplies and schooling classes and stuff for your per employee. Uh, so there, there's an opportunity there that if you, if you're making money to be able to invest money in those, uh, those employees, those team members and get a return by maybe getting to keep them an extra six months to a year. Obviously not everyone's going to stay forever. Uh, those days are not fully past us, but they have, you know, lapsed over in, in many, in many regards. And, uh, we just need to be able to, uh, to create packages that incentivize people to come and then hopefully stay. Uh, and he said, uh, Caleb adds, uh, they did increase tuition and reimbursement to $5,000 FedEx ground. That's been a trend with all these retail and transport companies. Uh, Cameron says, I saw Amazon's offer to basically pay for all uh, of employees tuition. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about the all of employee tuition. Um, 
you know, anybody can offer things, but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to get those things. You know, you could say, oh, we're going to offer up to $15 an hour or $20 an hour to, you know, to be a retail uh, retail worker, right? It's a retail salesperson. But that doesn't mean that everyone's going to get offered that. It just means that it's just uh, incentivized to get people in the door uh, to answering your call for help. <laughs> Uh, see, Cal says they they probably calculate how many employees will actually take advantage of the benefits. Well, that too, right? And and it, it also, it, you know, again, they don't necessarily just because they they state it doesn't necessarily mean that they actually are offering it, or they might put a bunch of um, hurdles that you have to jump through to be able to qualify for that, which you know creates a creates a bit of a a problem there. Uh, for every, you know, for the quote, everybody that's going to get free tuition by going to work for Amazon, always a catch. Yeah, well, hey, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably, unfortunately, is. Private cleaning companies are turning down business and canceling regular customers because they don't have enough staff. In a surprise to nobody, cleaning companies told Insider. Uh, they are, they're turning down business because they can't find enough staff. Uh, a Florida made pro franchisee said two of her long-term employees had left to work at Amazon. The cleaning industry has a reputation for low wages and poor benefits. Uh, y- yes and yes, they, they absolutely do. Um, and this just goes, you know, as another sign of there being a problem with getting people. Now, I think that the answer to getting those people, as I've said in other videos, is you need to uh, look at what, you know, what kind of benefits are you offering? Uh, are you able to outcompete? There's always going to be a butt for every seat and, and there's always going to be somebody who wants to uh, step up, like, get involved in the cleaning business but the the most um the most dedicated of like i'm gonna jump in and do it also might just start their own business and that that is you know with such a low bar of it to en- barrier to entry within that industry uh it, it definitely becomes a, a bit of a, a problem um so yeah, it, it uh, the, it's a continued thing, and I and I think really it comes down to uh, waiting, you know, just waiting it out for more younger people to grow into the age of being able to work, uh, and and filling in those positions as time goes on. Uh, I don't think it's the only answer, but I I think that it's one of those answers, and I also think that. Uh, there was a video I did. I'll try to remember to link it over up here um, about uh, some somebody from a hiring agency had talked about uh, let's let's get people. I think there's something like 70 million people with with uh, nonviolent records on. You know, uh, they've been like been the uh, jail. Uh, criminals like criminal records and getting those people to be destigmatized so they can get into the workforce uh easier and maybe that's something that needs to be you know done as well as well as you know kind of just waiting it out as far as people uh you know younger people growing into the age to to go and work so i I, there's there's and i'm sure there's other answers to it as well uh but we'll we'll continue to uh to monitor that here on on the entrepreneurs John Deere considers using overseas plants and U.S. strike breakers. Uh, that's not what I wanted to see today. 
Uh, well, this was from Friday, so I didn't get to cover it. But John Deere says it's looking at all options to provide products to its customers, including possibly using strike breakers uh, or importing equipment from overseas factories. It operates more than 10,000 members of the UAW Workers Union remain on strike at 12 Midwest factories. We've been covering that here on the Entrepreneurs. Uh, but apparently they are com- uh, uh, we've made commitments uh, to our customers and we want to live up to those commitments. So I it, you know it's not just about the customers, it's also about the stockholders and uh, but they don't want to say that because that's not the nice thing to say. Uh, that's not the warm and fuzzies the, and, and the thing that like you know a majority of the people will, uh, feel good about right uh, when when we talk about customers for John Deere, we talk about the farmers of America. We talk about food. We talk about keeping uh, you know the the economy going, and as well as keeping people fed so that they don't start rioting, uh, you know, for food shortages and things. So, like, look, John Deere is in a tough situation. I, I I don't blame them for wanting to put every option on the table. Uh, but the last thing that I want to see for those 10,000 people and for the rest of America is the the jobs just simply leaving the country. Uh, with that said, I don't think that they should just uh, be looking to cave uh, on either either side. I think they really got to come to uh, come to an agreement uh, and and work something out here, sharpen their pencils and get it done for not just for them, but for the rest of the country on both sides. Again, this is not uh, pro pro anything but pro people, and having them get back to work would be better for them as well as better for the country when it comes to food. So I'd love to see uh, them work it out, and hopefully uh, in the next two weeks that will be the case, and we won't just have uh, these jobs being shipped overseas. Mark Zuckerberg downloaded and used a photo app that Facebook later cloned and crushed antitrust lawsuit claims. Yeah, I mean, it's a surprise to no one. Uh, the founders of Photo, I don't know how you, Photo, uh, filed an antitrust lawsuit against Facebook's parent company, Meta. The suit accuses Facebook of cloning and crushing the app. It's strung photo along with the promise of a partnership that never materialized, the suit says. And this is in a long line of other companies like Amazon who have done very similar things, uh, maybe even Apple, uh, as big big companies stringing them along, uh, signing the paperwork, but then just assuming that they'll be able to just clone the uh you know the technology themselves because they have the the man hours to be able to create whatever it is that they want even if that whatever is completely ripped off from another service i mean we see we see um, features you know ripped from other companies all the time uh and i think it's 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 about high time uh as a as a fellow you know past programmer in, in my in a previous life uh, as a person who has friends it, that are programmers, uh, I think it's important that those people get recognized for the work, get paid for the work, and uh, and being able to just be stepped on just because they are they don't have the financial backing to create the uh, the 
like a lawsuit or something to that effect. I I want to see those days come to an end, um, and and have you know people the companies like Facebook actually having to compete, actually having to innovate, right? Innovation, uh, having quote unquote courage, as Apple would say it, uh, when removing the headphone jack from their iPhone to like take a step in a direction, and then you know what, walking it back when things don't you know necessarily pan out the way that they expected them to. So we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll be following this photo. Uh, story and see how uh, things pan out for this lawsuit that goes all the way back to 2015 uh, as photos shut down in 20, June of 2017. I mean, it, it, they probably thought it was over. It was dead. It's gone. It's not a big deal. Not our problem. And little did they know uh, it would take a few more years, but they are finally going to uh, get their day in court to, you know, to be heard. Uh, continu- continuing the Epstein uh, links, the U.S. Virgin Islands now probes the Barclays uh, CEO, Jess Staley. Uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands has served Barclays in the U.K. with a court order to provide any documents linked to uh, Jeffrey Epstein. The U.S. Uh, territory is seeking information on transactions, correspondence, and investments linked to the financier. Uh, and the the bank was subpoenaed in New York on the matter in February this year. A Barclays spoke, uh, spokesperson said Barclays has already provided its response to the subpoena and complied with its obligations. The U.S. Virgin Islands is now in the process of serving a similar subpoena to Barclays in the U.K., and Barclays will respond to that subpoena once it is served. So... Uh, the BBC understands that there is no link between the subpoena and Jess Staley's recent shock resignation as Barclays chief executive or FCA <clears throat> probe into the links with Mr. Epstein. So, <coughs> oh, excuse me. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, I still tend to think that there's a lot more going on here than they want to admit. Uh, and hopefully they will all get to the bottom of it. It seems like there's something there, you know, where the smoke there's fire. And uh, if Jess Staley uh, felt so compelled to resign over just the mere thought of being questioned about it, uh, then tends to make me think that, you know, maybe there's more to the story than than uh, he wants people to know and hopes probably that will come, you know, just kind of go away. Uh, hopefully that is not the case. Dozens of customers allege Hertz had them falsely arrested over rental cars reported stolen. It quote was terrifying. Um, I couldn't believe this. I, I, I saw this on the news this morning uh, just as a ticker, and I was like, oh, I got to look this up. Uh, a bankruptcy court judge was set to hear arguments Thursday regarding claims filed by dozens of Hertz customers who say they were falsely arrested and in some cases jailed because the company reported the cars that they had rented as stolen. And this isn't recent. This actually goes back. Um I don't know if they have a year here. I think this goes back to like twenty, yeah, twenty nineteen. Uh, another claimant is Philadelphia area contractor 
who rented a truck from Hertz in April 2019. He said he told Hertz agents it would be a long-term rental and was told to call each week to extend it, which he says he did. I would call. I would extend. They would charge it. Uh, I would see, uh, I would see it and they would say, you're good to go till next Monday. Um, but on May 28th, Hertz filed a theft report just four days after putting through a charge of $2,300 according to court documents. And even though the $2,300 showed as paid in his account, uh, the next day, Hertz didn't pull, uh, didn't pull that police report back. On June 2nd, he was arrested right in front of his house and was charged with a felony. Everything turned into a mess, just a disaster. So this is all stuff that happened leading up to Hertz going uh, going bankrupt there, which is which is the shame because it, I, you know I, I don't want to see businesses doing bad uh, doing poorly, but uh, this this is a case where uh, apparently he was not the only one, and I think there's like at least four or five uh, that I was reading saying that they uh, they were arrested after after being told uh after having their the cars that they rented and paid for uh reported as stolen so that that's a you know once is a coincidence and then twice is like yeah yeah you know uh maybe there's something to it and then it's like three like okay we got a pattern going on here and that is uh not not good yeah regard uh regarding claims filed by dozens dozens not even four or five dozens so they have a problem in their system uh and leading up to them going bankrupt uh obviously people don't go into bankruptcy by accident and this is just another symptom if you will another piece of the puzzle as to how they ended up where they are today now uh, hopefully they actually get those, uh, electric cars that, uh, from Tesla that they, you know, are promising and don't end up, uh, further plunging themselves I- into a worse hole than they already are, uh, by not ordering those cars. We will continue to watch the Hertz drama unfold and hopefully those, uh, those that were arrested and filing this lawsuit, uh, are, are able to get justice uh, before uh, Hertz is uh, no more, if that is the case. Well, everyone, thank you so much for hanging in there with me on The Entrepreneurs today. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to share the news stories of the day. I I, I wish I could turn my camera on now. I hope Entra here over at joinentra.com gets that uh, hammered out at some point. Uh, I did want to share some news. We had uh, the biggest weekend ever for uh, for the Super Joe Pardo channel, uh, hitting over eighteen thousand views in one day, uh, and and even on, on that was on Saturday, and even on Sunday, uh, I think it was like tw- over twelve, well over twelve thousand views uh, on Sunday. So it's been an incredible. Uh, it's been incredible to watch the growth of the channel. It's been incredible to watch. Uh, you know, people coming in here on uh, Entra and listening to the entrepreneurs. Uh, and one of these entrepreneurs stories actually hit uh, over 1,200 views, uh, which was great to see uh, on its own, you know, just through people, cl- you know, watching the video and clicking and watching all the way through. So I am very appreciative. Uh, things are going extremely well. And I got more people reaching out now uh for 
for some of my my free PDF guides that I have out there, uh, like the Super Sales Guide, the Avatar Building Guide, and the uh, Get Tank Ready for Shark Tank Ready uh, Guide. So I'm I'm very excited about all of the things uh, that are coming down the pike here, and I hope you'll continue to uh, to watch and listen. And uh, we'll continue to grow together. Looking forward to it. So I hope you have an amazing day. I'll see you all tomorrow here on the Entrepreneurs uh, on the Super Joe Pardo Show. Take care.